I say the other day all the time, and <laughs> sure. it was months ago, and sure. I don't know. <laughs> sure, It feels like you've been here for a long time, but yeah, whatever that date is. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Lisa, you, you mentioned it. That's, that's actually what we're uh, talking about this morning. Um, so Rex, Rex and Lisa um, have two kids. Uh, you know Aiden. He's around here often, right? Um, <laughs> but um, you also have another child, Amber. Um, yep. and, uh, and so just to preface this morning, that's, that's what we're talking about this morning, um, is dealing with the hardship of, of death um, and, and loss uh, with, within our lives. So um, there's more to the story than just that, though. So uh, can you guys talk about the kids growing up? Uh, I, I think we're all looking for a story about Aiden getting uh, picked on by his big sister or any, anything like that. <laughs> so he's like, no, I don't want that story. Yeah, so, so talk, talk about the kids growing up. What, what was home life like for you guys? Um, I'll, I'll say a little bit, and I'll let Rex. Yeah. We both have different sides of stuff. but. Sure. No, um, they're about four years apart, um, and Amber is the oldest. Um, but anyway, they loved each other. They still picked on each other, mostly Amber to Aiden. <laughs> and um, um, I do know I've heard stories when they would be over at Grandpa and Grandma's house where Aiden was the little slave. Aiden, go get me this. Aiden, go get me that. So... <laughs> She, um, but they, they loved playing together. They did everything together. Um, and just, you know, typical kids. Um, that, well, that's them together. Um, I don't know, talk about Amber right now yeah. herself. Um, she, she loved drawing. She was always drawing. Um, she loved reading. She ended up getting into the uh, Warrior Cats um, books. And she would draw a lot of pictures based on them. But um, so she loved reading, drawing, webkins, if anybody knows what those are. <laughs> and um, she was collecting the signature ones. Um, she got her last favorite one a month before she passed away um, for her birthday. Um, and I could tell a story about Aiden. He probably hurt me. It's really funny, though. We can, we can save it for a later time. <laughs> Ask me if you want to know. <laughs> no, but she wasn't past embarrassing him and stuff like that. But sometimes he'd get her back, too. So yeah. anyway, I'll Tip let... Typical sibling stuff, yes. right? Yeah. So did you yeah. have anything you wanted to say? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the one, one thing I can remember, just clear as, you know, like you'd see it. And like it was yesterday... Just give me a moment. Okay. The front door in our house. It still has. Do you want me to 
Okay. The front Dorner house. It has this uh, really nice old window in it. Um, one of those designer uh, windows that you would see in older houses. Well, there was a, a day when Amber and Aiden were not having good brother and sister relationships. And uh, so Aiden, Aiden uh, took and uh, found himself a nice, I think it was a broken brick or a rock or whatnot. Amber happened to be standing close to the front door and, and he launched it. <laughs> and the window still bears the, the nice spider crack to this day. It's never been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have electrical tape all over it, so <laughs> that's one of those funny stories that it all just sticks with you. Another one was uh, <laughs> where I'd take the kids with me. Um, to a, uh, it was like a storage shed where uh, we'd put Sunday papers uh, together. We assembled Sunday papers. And so the kids were still fairly young at this point, um, but they liked the, the roller carts that we put the papers in to take them from the shed to our car. So Amber and Aiden were um, pushing that around outside by my vehicle. And all of a sudden, they come right up next to the car Boom, there goes the, river, the, the side mirror. <laughs> and I, you know, at the time, I'm just like really mad. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, can't you just be calm for a little bit so I can get this done and we can go? <laughs> but no, they were very mischievous in that sort of way. Um, and they'd get into trouble in little areas, but that's okay, you know? <clears throat> so, two kids, essentially normal life growing yep. up, right? Perfectly healthy. Brother, sister, yep. sibling rivalry uh, at different times. Um, so, can I, I just I just want to say this that we we talked about this the other night. Um, Rex Rex and Lisa have never shared this story publicly. Um, there are people who know pieces of the story. There are people who have asked and know things about the story, but they've never shared this publicly. Um, so, Rex, I want you to know that it's okay um, to be emotional. Um, so, four years apart um, between yep. Amber and, and Aiden. Um, so, Amber's 14. Yes. Uh, um, she, yeah, she had turned 14. Her birthday is November 26th, 2000. And she turned 14 um, a month before she got sick. Okay. Okay. So, so. It, so it just turned 14. Yep. And then one day she gets uh, sick. Yeah. Um, just like anybody, kids get the flu or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're, you see like the, oh, I'm achy and this. And you're like, oh, great. You know? <laughs> I don't want the flu, you know, all the trivial things now sure. at this point that we know <laughs> was not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But um, 
Yeah, so the Thursday and Friday <clears throat> before the week that she passed away, she had the flu symptoms and whatever and the, on Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday, she um, was feeling better. And she would usually go to her grandparents' house, or her and Aiden both, mm -hmm. of course. Sure. They would go over there and visit for the weekend, spend the night, come back for church, come back home for church. Oh. Um, Anyway, so she was feeling better, so they went over there and came home for church the next day, and that was all good, and this was right before, the week before Christmas, so we were home churching, and our home church was going to go around and do caroling, okay. um, and by that evening, she was not feeling great again, and so she did go with us, but she stayed in the car, okay. um, and then we came home, she just watched some uh, watch some cartoons or whatever and just, you know, didn't feel good. So did that kind of stuff. And, um, the, then, uh, Monday morning when she woke up, I was relieved that she was feeling better. I'm like, Oh, okay. thank goodness. Sure. So, um, that was the 22nd, which was my birthday. Okay. Um, so we had plans to go eat. And um, so we still went and did those. We even went to Target right before uh, supper. And she had secretly or sneakily, however you want to put it, had uh, found a Christmas present for Aiden. And we had passed it and stuff. And she ran back and told me to get it okay. so that she could give that to him for Christmas. Um, and so anyway, we ended up going to supper and like just pff, i don't know what happened she had a really bad sore throat like she was crying she wouldn't she didn't want to eat um she ate a little bit of ice cream ice cream's her favorite of all time and pie <laughs> but so she got a little ice cream that she just couldn't even really get much of that down because of her yeah. throat so um, I'm not sure how far you yeah. I would go into the story. Yeah, so, she, but. so she had been having flu-like symptoms for a couple of days back and yeah, forth. Yeah, by then it'd be like this Monday was the fifth day okay. of just off and on. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. So, so seemingly is getting worse at dinner. So yeah. you guys decide to do so, what at that yeah, point? Yeah, we went to the walk-in, okay. the emergency clinic. Um, and they got her in and um she they tested her and they she had influenza a okay so um you know go home just you know treat it like anything else if if there's trouble breathing or rapid heart rate or fe high fever you know then come back in yeah kind of thing so um and if you want to say something just let me know <laughs> okay um Anyway, so yeah, so we did that, came home, went to bed. I think Amber, obviously, she went right to bed. Um, I remember Aiden and I stayed up and put a Lego set together <laughs> downstairs. And then we went to bed, and I'm pretty sure Rex was already off on the paper route. When Amber came in later, just said she didn't feel good at all. Okay. And came into our room to, want to know if she could lay in, uh, in our room, in our bed. So, of course... Um, and I did kind of notice she was breathing different, but I just, 
I mean, I just thought she didn't feel good. Sure. So, um, but that wasn't, that did not go away by morning. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she had a fever and she was breathing fast. And um, so we knew something was wrong. So we got her, we have our clinic is right, we live in Redfield and we have the, our clinic is right down the street. So we took her in there and found out her oxygen level was at 76%, which not good at all. Um, and so they immediately got an ambulance out there and got her some oxygen. So yeah. Um, anyway, you want to do, or do you not even know? I don't think he was there. He wasn't there yet. He yeah. was still at work. Sure. Yeah. So he probably doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, even. <laughs> my whole key word through the whole thing is like denial <laughs> because like okay we're going to the hospital and ambulance she has no oxygen but it's fine uh -huh. you know everything's gonna be fine yeah. um so rode in there and was still we had plans to go somewhere for christmas on the weekend i thought well hopefully we won't miss christmas there sure but anyway um yeah so rode in the ambulance I think my mom and Aiden came in behind or something. I can't remember. I believe so. Um, anyway, and then Rex was able to get to the hospital. He met us at the hospital. Okay. So, um, yeah. Do you want to do that? Okay. Uh, yeah, so we got to the hospital. Of course, they arrived before I did. I was still at work. Uh, so I got a call at work and told me to come in. Because, uh, you know, things weren't looking all the best. So I came from work, and uh, they were in the ER at that point. So I went to the ER to see her and to see them. And uh, so uh, I saw Amber and talked to her for just a little uh, a minute or two um, because they were going to uh, put her in sedation because um, they wanted to put her on her ventilator and um, so uh, you know <laughs> what yeah they thought she had pneumonia too um, so we had our one minute conversation or so and uh the one of the one of the most i guess one of the most important conversations that that we had We had a real short heart-to-heart. -heart. And uh, her, her last words to me
So her last words to me, she said, she said, Dad, she said, Dad, I'm not going to die. And those words, could never be so true because though she did die physically a week later we know she didn't die eternally because she's with Jesus now but those were her last words to me that I know Jesus has her so I, I could live with that comfort every day. <laughs> and know that one day I'll see her again. <sighs> when she was 12. <laughs> and, and Aiden was 10. <sighs> they both accepted Jesus into their hearts. <sighs> I walked him through the prayer to accept them, to accept Jesus into their hearts. And I told them before they even did it, I said, this is serious, guys. I need you to say it and beat it. When I walked them through the prayer, they accepted Jesus into their hearts. It was the happiest moment of my life. (laughs) Because I knew I knew at that moment that Jesus had them and they were going to be with him one day hopefully you know not as soon as it happened to Amber but I knew that they knew that they could have comfort and I could have comfort that they would be with Jesus when it was over when this physical life was done and uh, and so I guess those were her famous last words. I'm not going to die. And she didn't. Physically, yes, but spiritually, she's with Jesus in heaven. There's no, there's no better way I can say it than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Rex, I can't imagine just having that conversation with, with Amber. Um, and shortly after that, they sedated her, right? And um, yeah, they thought she had pneumonia pretty bad and because um, they could see the white on the lungs mm-hmm. on the x-ray. And so they, um, they had to sedate her to do the ventilator. Sure. So, and um, <laughs> I don't know if I, <laughs> I should say after, it, I think it's kind of just because of who Amber is. You know, she said that, but she said it kind of sarcastically. Sure. Because, you know, her dad was getting was getting <clears throat> weepy and she's like, Well I'm not gonna die yeah. <laughs> you know. And but he took the rest of the story from there. But yeah. so from my side is you know, it's kind of her at her personality sure. <laughs> coming sure. through there too. But yeah, so we said we'd see her when she wake, woke up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um 
yeah, but we we found out throughout all the stuff they were doing that the, it wasn't pneumonia, it was um, her immune system was very angry, is what they said, and her body was basically attacking herself it, yeah. itself. Sure. And so, and the, that influenza strain that she had, it did, there was some, was other children that had had the same complications from that. And I, I believe this one also did a number to the other, worked on the heart muscle also. Sure. And so on top of <clears throat> that, then we were dealing with that. So sure. um, things did go downhill daily we'd have little spurts of hope like well they're going to get some white blood cells in and try to help her immune system and um so you'd feel a little bit hopeful that it was working and then there'd be something else um there's a lot of a lot of the medical stuff just wasn't working out sure um yeah she had um like i said i can't i i think there was three heart attacks at least during this stay um, where they had to try to get her back. And um, I think it, each time took a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, and during that process too, like um, she started losing blood supply to her left, left leg um, and then in her fingers started to lose blood supply too. Um, so eventually i mean it took its toll on her yeah. she couldn't do it anymore they did put her on an ecmo machine further in hoping that it would help her enough that she could come back and get off of it but um whenever they tried to take her off stuff her heart rate would f fly sky high or yeah. she it was just not working out right yeah so yeah. so so all in, how, how many days was she in that coma um, we, it was, we went in on a Tuesday morning, late morning or whatever, and she was pretty quickly into, because of the ventilator, yeah. and she never came out of that. So she ended up passing away on Sunday of okay. the same week. So less than a week. Yes. Yeah. In the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so you guys are watching your daughter just lay in a bed and not be responsive, not able to really communicate with her. Um, but Rex, there's this, there's this moment, another, another moment that you have with Amber when her blood pressure is skyrocketing and all these kind of things. You, you, you want to talk about that? And some, something that wasn't mentioned earlier about Amber is that oh, yes. <laughs> she was always listening to music, right? Yeah. She had... <clears throat> She had Life 107.1 on in her, in her room on her radio all the time. Yeah. So she always had that on. Yeah. So, and yeah. yeah, and what I think Rex is talking about was like the day she passed away is when we thought to put the music. I don't know what we were thinking. Yeah. Well, we, that's, that's kind of a dumb thing to say, too. I don't know what we were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't, weren't thinking about much besides let's get out of here. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, each day I'd, I'd come from, you know, because I still had to, had to work, right? Still had to do my paper routes and still had to do my job. 
but um, went back to work, uh, came into the hospital when I was able to, and uh, that was about once a day, you know, for a few hours, um, because I still had to take care of everything at at home as well. Um, So it's, you know, kind of a live life, and then this happens in life as well. So back into the hospital room, <clears throat> so the f- few days there, I'd, you know, I'd pray to her, uh, I'd read some scripture out of the Bible to her, and it just, you know, nothing seemed to be like, hey, this is working. You know, you have that feeling like, hey, it's, <laughs> is this even worth it? What I'm doing here, is, it, is anything working? Is it connecting at all? So... Um, on the last day, I was like, well, you know, I've tried this, and I've tried that, and this, and nothing seems to be jiving here. And then I thought, well, what am I not doing? And uh, I thought, well, Amber listened to Life 107.1 every day, had on her in her room 24 hours a day. And I was like, well, that's that might be it, you know? <laughs> I was like, can't hurt to try. So I, I brought the app up on my phone and I put on Life 1071. I asked the doctors, is it okay if I play this to her? And they said, yeah, there's no problem with it. So I put it, had it, turned it on. And remember, her blood pressure is sitting at around 168 to 170 over whatever the bottom number was, you know, was really high too. So I put the music up to her ear, and not so much time, seconds passed, that her, you know, you're looking at a heart monitor. There's all the doctors in the room too, by the way. So there's not, it's not just me seeing things, it's, it's the real deal. The doctors are there, I was there, and I was playing the music for her, and her, temp, or her uh, heart rate dropped. It went from 165, 170, and it dropped down and settled into about 124 to 126 over, you know, your lower number, which is 70-something to 80-something. And held that, I held the phone to her ear the whole time, you know, for like five or six, seven songs. Her temperature stayed right there during the whole time. And I was like... Yeah, I'm sorry. Her blood pressure stayed right there the whole time. And I was like, this is it. This is the thing that God showed me. Because it wasn't happening any other way. You know? And uh, so I knew at that moment that, that God was there. You know, he was there with us because you know after the fact I I asked the doctors I said you know because I pulled it away and then her temperature not temperature I'm sorry her blood pressure slowly spiked again right back to where it was and uh, so I talked to doctors after the fact and I said has this ever happened before As as long as any of you have been doing this have you seen happen what I just did by putting the radio up to her ear and playing it and having it such a dramatic effect on her blood pressure? 
And each and every one of them said no. This is the first time. And there's doctors here that have been doing this for years and years and years. And they have no explanation for it. So that's how you know it was a God thing. No explanation. And I have no explanation for it besides it's a God thing. And... Uh, Oh, yeah. At this point, too, they had said she didn't have any brain activity either. So, like, something was going on in there. Yeah. Right. So, so you have this, this moment of connection, um, may, maybe even a sense of peace in, in that moment. Um, yeah, maybe it was a moment of, like, closure yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Now, now the funny thing is, and, and my son and daughter have never seen the movie, but everyone remembers back in 2020 when we went through COVID. So right before COVID happened, there was a movie that came out um, called I Still Believe. Um, and it was, uh, what's the artist who sang that? The Jeremy Camp story. So in, in the movie, in his story, his first wife had, had cancer. So as they were going along, she got better from the first bout of cancer. And then she got sick again with cancer. She went into the hospital, and right as, you know, before her, la her last day when she was going to pass away, they thought she was going to get better the whole time. We thought Amber was going to get better the whole time. And uh, what happened was, is she had a spiked heart rate just like Amber did. And then just before she passed away, her blood pressure went back down to normal, just like it would be for any of us at a normal level. And she wasn't in a coma, but she was asleep. And she woke up and Jeremy Camp was there. And she looked him in the eyes and she told him, she said, I'm healed. And then right after that, she passes away. And I'm like, I saw that. And I'm like, that's a lot like what happened with me and Amber when I played the music for her. And her blood pressure came back down to normal. And it was the same in a lot of respects. So I have a feeling that God healed her made her right yeah. at that point even though she was still going to go she was still going to pass away to heaven but he made her last moments there comfortable to a way that yeah i mean i i, I wasn't planning I, this is six years after the fact that i see his story come out and i see the same thing happen in the movie that happened in my life yeah. you know it's just crazy how that works yeah yeah so <clears throat> um, yeah so those are the last moments so to speak right um, she she passed away later later that that same day right uh, yeah that was pretty close to be right before okay because we had said if you know if she has a heart attack again, just yeah. just let her go. Because right. 
Um, so yeah, that that all happened, and th some of her favorite songs were <laughs> played during the, sure. those songs too, which was very, very awesome. Yeah. And yeah, she ended up um, passing away not too long after that. Yeah. Um, you think you think I might know the exact time, but it was around noon or so okay. on the 28th. Yeah. 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 So. so <clears throat> and now she, I mean, she is healed. She is yeah. singing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll never stop singing, right? right. Yep. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't change the brokenness that you guys experience in that moment in not just the days and the weeks after, but the years after, right? Still. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah. Um, but initially, you have to, you guys are in the room, but now you have to share the news. Um, in Rex, there's, there's people in the waiting room at the hospital, right, that you have to, to go talk to. You, you want to share that yeah. br briefly, yeah. just what that moment was, was like for you? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I was in with Amber. Um, getting to comb her hair out for the last time yeah. and stuff. And he was doing that and I didn't want to see anybody. So sure. it's good that he did. Sure. Yeah. So, um, this was a feeling that, that you just don't get. All right. Um, I knew it was the Holy spirit had took a hold of me at this point because I had to go out to our waiting room there in the hospital where we had an overflown waiting room, okay? You have your waiting room, but then you have the hallway and you have a bunch of people who are in the room, who are in the hallway. They're all hoping for the best. They're all hoping that there's gonna be a good diagnosis and that Amber's gonna come through this and everything's gonna be great. That's what we were hoping as well. So I got out to the waiting room and it's the only way I can describe it is like the, uh, a ball of energy hit me, you know. Uh, the Holy Spirit was there. That's all, all I can <laughs> explain it. He gave me, the Holy Spirit gave me the strength to go through that group of people and let them know it's going to be okay. That Amber is now with Jesus. There, there's, it's going to be okay. Because all the people who were there, you know, they were all either friends of our uh, church home fellowship or our home fellowship there, and, and then other friends of friends and everyone. And uh, so I basically went to every single family that was there and told them, you know, it's going to be okay. Amber's with Jesus. We're going to be okay. You know, it, it's now finished physically here um, and I couldn't have done that without the Holy Spirit being with me <laughs> there's no way my daughter just died it's not happening and uh, so yeah that that was uh, <laughs> quite the ordeal and if you ever have the Holy Spirit hit you like that you'll know it's happened <laughs> you really will um, <laughs> the whole thing about you will change in that moment. Um, so anyways, that's, that's yeah. what I got for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's no way that you can share that news without 
the Holy Spirit guiding you and, and giving those words in, in that moment. So, um, guys, I know this hasn't been easy um, to share this story publicly, um, but I, I appreciate you doing that. Um, and um, what, what I love, and I shared this with you guys the other night, that <clears throat> verse 3 in, in Psalm 40, that, that he put a new song in my mouth, a song of, of praise to our God. Like, uh, there, there's a new song in that moment that Amber experienced because now she gets to sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty in heaven with him, right? Um, and it's taken some time, uh, but I think he's put a new song in your heart uh, and on, on your lips um, to, to continue praising him even, even though um, you, you experienced that tragedy. Um, so thanks, thanks for sharing today. Uh, let, me, let me pray for you guys. Yeah, one more thing. Yeah, too. sure. Uh, just on a side note, just so you guys know, be, before we came here, um, we were doing home church. Uh, we did it for with like three or four families or so. Sometimes it'd be more, sometimes a little less. Um, but we did that for a few years um, before. It's, things just started not working out with that, and then it was up to me to find this new church. So I went to one church, uh, went to the Lutheran Church in, in West Des Moines. I didn't quite feel, feel that that was the right fit, and I went to Eternity Church after that. It seemed like that was a pretty good church. Now, that's the church that we're partnering with here to have this building, and uh, so I went there for, for a, a time, and we were there probably a few months, maybe less. But who do you, who do you think you're ever going to see at that church? And so at that point, my, my dad was going to that church with us in, in Verla, his uh, um, common-law uh, wife. Uh, they they were attending that uh, church with us as well. But one day, probably a couple months into our visiting and starting to attend there, we saw the lead, the lead doctor, who was the lead doctor, Joe Falco, and he was the one who was overseeing all the doctors in Amber's time. He was the, the, head, the head physician of that team. And we saw him at that church. And the last conversation I had with him at the hospital before we left is he, he told me, you know, I've never seen a stronger person be able just to go out and talk to the people like he did. Um, and he told me, you know, God bless you and, you know, and I thought that was the last time I would see him, you know. And I, I thanked him at that time for all the stuff that he did for us while we were there, you know, because that was a pretty big job, what he, him and his team had to do taking care of Amber. And, uh, and we saw each other at the church. It was a church that, that he was attended. I never think that I would see him again. And that's the God thing there, too, where, where God brought him and our paths together were, it would never happen typically. You know, we were literally visiting that church. Um, we had not made any sort of commitment to that church yet or anything like that. 
we were just visiting. And so what were the odds of the lead doctor who took care of Amber in her last days and us getting a chance to meet each other again and then build on that relationship that we had in the hospital? So that was pretty cool. Another God thing. So just kind of look for those things in your lives. Look for the God things where God does something that you're like, how did this happen? There's no way. But no way but God. So always, always keep that in mind. Yeah. 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 Let's pray, guys. Father God, thank you for, um, God, just for a sense of peace um, that you give us, God, a, a comfort that you give us in the midst of, of tragedy. Uh, God, thank you for um, just these small moments of, um, of clarity, God, of, um, giving us confidence that you're there, um, God, that, that your presence is there. Uh, Lord, whether it's the Holy Spirit uh, filling us and giving us words uh, to speak in the midst of, uh, of a tragedy, uh, God, it's, it's comfort, it's reassurance of um, seeing people who we thought we'd never see again who were uh, in those moments and in those trenches with us. Uh, God, we're just so thankful um, that you continue to show up, God, you continue to be near to us, and you continue to lead us uh, in your ways. Uh, God, thank you for Rex and Lisa. Uh, God, just the boldness that you uh, have given them this morning uh, to to share their story, um, as difficult as as it is to share these things, um, but God, to to know um, that you're leading them. Um, God, that you're guiding them, you're giving them words to speak, and God, that you have put a new song uh, in, in their hearts um, for you. God, we just praise you and pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. Thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me invite you to, to turn to Psalm 40 uh, real quick here. I, I want to bring our attention to uh, the middle of this psalm. Uh, I, I want to look at verses 4 through 10. The word says this, it says, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips. As you know, O Lord, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. You know, this, this psalm, as King David is writing, he, he speaks of God's, um, <clears throat> God's design to rescue him from the pit, from the pit of destruction, from the, the pit of despair, uh, which I think many of us can resonate with, that we find ourselves in moments of uh, just feeling like we ha- are as low as we can ever go, and we need to be rescued out of that. 
And these verses here in the middle of the psalm, verses 4 through 10, it speaks of the, the rescued man as being blessed. Blessed is the, the man who puts his trust in the Lord. The rescued man is blessed and is proclaiming the wondrous deeds of God. Let me ask that question of us this morning. Are we proclaiming the wondrous deeds that God has done in our lives to other people? Even in these moments of experiencing great loss and tragedy, there, there's these small glimpses of, no, look, the Holy Spirit fueled me and filled me to be able to say these very difficult words in a difficult time. King David says that he didn't restrain his lips from proclaiming these wondrous deeds. He didn't hide God's deliverance in his heart. No, he spoke of God's faithfulness and salvations and salvation to the great congregation, to all those that he came in contact with. King David was speaking of God's faithfulness and salvation. Listen, it is so easy for us in the midst of despair and destruction and brokenness in this world to just keep our mouths closed about who God is and what he's doing in our lives. But let this psalm remind us to not keep God's deliverance hidden in our hearts. No, God has delivered all from sin and destruction because of his death on the cross in our place. Listen, look at verse 11. It says, as for you, King David saying, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. Oh God, don't restrain your mercy from me. Listen, he's not holding back. He is giving all mercy that he's choosing to not give us what we deserve. And yet, at the same time, he gives us everything that we don't deserve called grace. You see, I think this is the way we oftentimes think about God's grace is that we have a cup and we need to just fill that cup. That's how much grace I need, right? Depending on how old I am, depending on how long I've been walking with Jesus, this is how much grace I need in my life. Depending on how difficult my work situation is, depending on how difficult my marriage is, depending on how crazy my kids are, this is how much grace I need in all those areas of my life. And, and here's the great thing about our God, is that God doesn't just fill your cup up to the top of the cup. See, he does that. God fills up the cup, but you know what he does? After the cup is filled, he just keeps dumping grace. And the cup just overflows. And it keeps overflowing. And it keeps overflowing. And it keeps overflowing. And it starts running to other people. See, God doesn't restrain his mercy from us. He gives us more grace than we could ever need. Why? So that others might come to know him. Look at verse 3. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. There's hope for others. Verse 16 says, But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great 
is the Lord. See, God's grace and mercy isn't just for you as an individual. It's for everyone to experience, which is why we as followers of Jesus are called to reflect his love, his grace, his mercy to other people. So that when they see us living in the midst of tragedy in a, in a way that doesn't make sense, they might hear and know the Lord as their salvation.